Before I get started on today's Morecast, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th, and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. Do you like wine? Do you like red wines? Do you like white wines? Do you basically like anything? Do you like the, the fact that you will be tasting wine from a family-owned vineyard in Sonoma County, California, sent directly to Denver from those vineyards? Uh, so you're experiencing what it's like to have basically go to a vineyard without having to fly to California or drive 250 miles to uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, it's a great place to ex- to have the experience of just enjoying wine with some friends. Uh, one of my favorite parts about Blanchard is the atmosphere. The atmosphere is tremendous. Um, I took a friend in there who isn't like me. He's not, you know, quote-unquote a wine snob like me. And he went in and he just enjoyed everything about Blanchard. The staff is incredible. Um, they are knowledgeable and they help you find out what's best for you. Even if you're not someone who cares for wine, they have wine cocktails. They have things like that, that you can just sit there, enjoy, talk to friends, have a good night out. Say if you're going out to, uh, the uh, milk market, stop on over to Blanchard Family Wines just down the alleyway and they will help you out. Uh, they are on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Once again, they are located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado. Just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right smack dab in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast, part of the CSG Network. Um, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, or if you celebrate, uh, if you didn't, I uh, hope you had a good, great Wednesday. Um, this is uh, a post-Pelican's Loss podcast. Post-Pelican's Loss podcast. Some alliteration there for you. Um, and I kind of want to go over something that it's, um, everyone else has covered the game more in depth. I t- tend to think these Christmas Day games are difficult. I tend to think that they don't. most players don't want to be there, but they play anyway. And I think that increases the chances for variability. Uh, four of the five underdogs in the games uh, yesterday were one. Um, it's it's just kind of the nature of playing on that kind of stage. It is different. It's not like the playoffs. It is you're playing on Christmas. And a lot of people would just rather be with their families. There's that factor. You're only five games during the day. Every one of them is on national TV. It's It's quote-unquote a privilege, but it is also kind of a pain in the butt. And I think that all those factors come together and you don't necessarily get a true test of where a team is at there. There are some things kind of to take away. And I think what I'm going to cover today is um, what I have noticed as a pattern. Um, And this isn't a team, systemic team issue. This is more specific to the Pelicans uh, and the Nuggets. And I I think it's something to watch going forward because the Nuggets have struggled uh, mightily with certain opponents. And one of them has been the Houston Rockets, and recently it has been the New Orleans Pelicans. For whatever reason, even though the Pelicans are a terrible team this year, they seem to know what it takes to beat the Nuggets. Sorry, having my morning coffee here. Um... 
let's kind of rewind this and think about who is on the Pelicans right now. Who is their coaches on the Pelicans? Uh, you look at their roster, and really, other than Drew Holiday and maybe um, J.J. Redick and Jahil Okafor, but maybe, not really. Really, what we're looking at is uh, Brandon Ingram. Um, you're looking at, uh, that without Zion Williamson, obviously, but you're looking at, at uh, Brandon Ingram, J.J. Redick, Drew Holiday. Well, those were the three that hurt the Nuggets. Beyond that, beyond the players on the roster, uh, the Nuggets have a systemic issue with the New Orleans Pelicans. It has nothing to do with underestimating them. It has everything to do with two factors that I don't. I really frustrated me that this wasn't brought up yesterday, and I, that's why I'm doing a whole podcast on this. And I brought it up on Twitter um, shortly after the game. By the way, I sat in the stands for this game uh, with my friend Trey Mitchell, uh, shout out to Trey. Thank you for inviting me to sit with you. It was a good experience. It was nice to sit among people for change, you know, and it was nice to get that fan experience again. Um, it was it was fun. Uh, I owe a lot of that to Trey for making it fun. It was a good experience, and it kind of contrasted with the kind of overall mood of the media later. But coming back to my initial point, the Denver Nuggets kind of have a Chris Finch problem, and extending that out, they also have a Jeff Bezdelic problem. And I think at this we're at the point where this is past any sort of denial. Um, it's not necessarily about Chris Finch being so good at offense, even though, let's face it, a lot of the credit was he deserved a ton of the credit for the Nuggets' offense, obviously, Michael Malone uh, was had a hand in that. But really, that was Chris Finch really showing what he could do. And, he, of course, he extended that out to the, what he's done with the Pelicans since he's been with Alvin Gentry. Um, Jeff Bezdilic designed ways defensively to frustrate Nikola Jokic. Um, you notice that the Pelicans had a lot of hands on Jokic, a lot of hands on him. Uh, beyond what you saw with the Nuggets' inability to get rebounds, particularly with the second unit, which was, I mean, Mason Plumbing, man, geez. Uh, but it was really a um, concerted effort to get hands near and around Nikola Jokic, which is what most teams don't do. Um, and it really kind of led him to a frustrating night. It wasn't necessarily Derek Favors guarding him. It wasn't that. Um, it was more everyone else crashing to him. That was that was a big problem. Well, that's Jeff Bezdelic. Where Chris Finch comes in is their ability to exploit the corner three. It has little to do with who is shooting the ball, because Lonzo Ball hit two threes. Okay? This just... <laughs> let's just move that aside. It's just his ability to understand what the Nuggets are doing is something that um, most coaches in the NBA don't do. Um, the Pelicans are a very three-heavy team. And they relied a lot on Brandon Ingram being able to break down Paul Millsap and whoever was guarding him. I was a little perplexed why Torrey Craig didn't play last night, um, particularly in the second half. Uh, Torrey could have probably helped. Um 
maybe he did, maybe he did. Uh, but anyway, uh, there was just there were some things that I I saw that could have been helped by that. But it was more a systemic thing. It wasn't necessarily a player driven thing. Um, the Nuggets crash hard and tend to give up corner threes. And where Finch is really good is getting the Nuggets, and it's kind of a, it's almost a triangle-esque um, MO where you get, you play a strong side and a weak side, and inevitably uh, on the weak side, a team will, have, will open up. The Nuggets, uh, for a systemic reason, tend to close to the lane more than most teams do nowadays. If you notice, most teams tend to fly out to, to three-point, um, the, the, basically try to cover the, the, uh, the, the three-point line pretty close unless someone is a terrible shooter. Um, and that will, you know, because obviously with the NBA's new Eric Chuck Threes era, it's just what you got to do. The Nuggets, for whatever reason, and I'm not entirely sure why, tend to close off really hard on the person who's guarding the corner three, on the weak side, not where the action is. And that is something that Chris Finch is extremely good at, at exploiting. Like I said, it's almost a triangle-esque set where they have a strong side, weak side on the Pelican side. Not doing, obviously, it's not a post to, you know, post out. It is a um, guard in. And Drew Holiday was able to draw, I mean, particularly when they had Brandon Ingram drive and kick. They would start on the strong side, drift to the weak side where there's two defenders, draw in. Inevitably, the Nuggets player crashes to, to cover the person on the, and the person in the corner is wide open. It's not indicative of just the Pelicans that the Nuggets have had this issue. The Nuggets have been benefiting from teams missing a lot of threes. And a lot of it has to do with a not a player necessarily issue, but a systemic problem that they have with that. And they have been extremely fortunate, as I said, that the teams have missed a lot of threes uh, with them, open threes. Um, the Nuggets, uh, for whatever reason, had, don't stay as close as they should be. Um, you saw in one of the games yesterday, um, Joel Embiid understanding that Giannis Atentacupo is not a good three-point shooter. And at one point, he completely turned his back to him and was standing at the free-throw line away from him. He just said, go ahead and shoot it, dude. I mean, it was, it was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. He just turned his back on him, and of course Giannis missed the shot. Um, it was something that you um, will see occasionally. Well, with the Nuggets, they, for whatever reason, I don't, and a lot of it has to do with them crashing hard on the weak side. Uh, and I think... That what they're trying to do, and this is my theory, what they're trying to do is with some length, they are trying to mitigate the hard crash by getting hands out. So, say Michael Porter Jr. is out there and he is halfway between 
the corner three and uh, the lane. And a uh, guy drives in, say Brandon Ingram. He drives in. Obviously, he goes to cover. The kickout is there. Well, that kickout um, is affected by where the defender is. And often the Nuggets, and this not not just Michael Porter Jr., I just used him as an example. Every player who's on the wing there struggled. Uh, Paul Millsap particularly um, couldn't handle Brandon Ingram. Uh, and he only played 16 minutes last night and scored zero points. Um, that hard, that I, I call it a crash, but there's something else for it. Um, the Nuggets being too far in on the corners, and it's not just one player. It is everyone who covers the weak side corner. Uh, they drift to the lane, and they always go too far. They are trying to either A, get hands out, or B, roll hard out to the three-point, uh, the corner. Uh, what has been happening is that the Nuggets players are positioned too far in. Sometimes you've got to give up layups. It's, it's more optimal to give up a layup than it, is a, than it is a three. And the Nuggets, for some reason, have really struggled a lot in having a balanced defense. They, I mean, I think this was like, what uh, I said a while back that their defense was affecting their offense. Well, now their defense is affecting their defense. And they, people, teams have not only figured it out, but Chris Finch has done this to the Nuggets for two years straight. Right? And the Nuggets had a good defense last year. It is not just a, uh, uh, a you know, it's not just a, a, a problem that the Nuggets have in total. It is a problem they have specifically with the Pelicans because primarily Chris Finch and Jeff Bizdelic, um has designed a defense that really kind of uh, frustrated um, Nikola Jokic, he had 23 points, but it was uh, 8 of 20, and it wasn't the usual Nikola Jokic efficiency. He was missing a lot of tips. There was a ton of hands around him. Let's forget Derek Favors for a second. Derek Favors was kind of a non-factor in the game. Um, Jokic could have got whoever, whatever he wanted on most of the players, but the problem was the hands. And they sent hands, particularly to Jokic, when... Uh, he was trying to get his usual tip backs, and that really frustrated him. Well, a lot of that had to do with Jeff Bezdelic. Uh, fortunately, um, my friend Trey and I sat um, behind the Pelicans bench, and I got a bird's eye view of what was going on. I saw Bezdelic getting up, coaching the team, and inevitably they would get up, and when Jokic rolled and he tried to get uh, his new his uh, offensive tip backs, there were three people around him kind of boxing him out. And it was, a, it was an interesting kind of thing. I've never really seen that before. But it, it occurred to me that the, the Rockets did that a lot when they had Bazdelic on, uh, uh, on the Rockets. So it's, it's an interesting thing. It's like two former people associated with the Nuggets, uh, Jeff Bazdelic, former head coach back in... Uh, 2002 to 2000, midway through 2004 or five season. And it was a, it was an opportunity, I thought, to kind of have a learning experience for the coaching staff. Sometimes, you know, they, they, 
Jamal Murray was kind of it, it was he had a bad night because he was locked up by Drew Holiday, um, and I kind of give him a pass because Drew Holiday's good defense, right? And he can run a he can run a team. Uh, Paul Millsap having zero points was awful. Um, Nikola Jokic having an inefficient night was not great, but in total, the Nuggets lost the game because Brandon Ingram created offense and he dominated Paul Millsap. And two, the Nuggets just could not. They just whatever it is with Chris Finch, they just give up a ton of threes. And I think it was instructive of Michael Malone's post-game reaction. I don't think he fully understands the effect that the Pelicans have. Uh, coaches, and I, I, I have, I've t- I said this many times on Twitter, but coaches have crutches. Coaches have uh, will go to bromides when they uh, inevitably don't have all the answers. And one of them is effort. Um, I don't know why they, they, you know, he said something along the lines of, I don't know, they had more energy or effort than us on Christmas at home, which was an, a, a just, it's a bromide. When people, when coaches talk about effort, it's like, well, why didn't you execute my game plan, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, if he takes a look at this tape, he'll notice that it was a fundamental flaw in the, just everyone. Uh, it wasn't any players. It was it was a systemic problem that the Nuggets have with specifically the Pelicans. Not every team is going to be able to take an advantage, and they don't have the coaching staff to take advantage of what the Nuggets do uh, uh, on defense. But the Pelicans can, uh, and it is a quirk of. I mean, this is where thing that analytics miss. Um, not to bash on analytics, but this is something they miss. Sometimes there is a systemic problem with the team when it comes to matchups with another team, and that team could be bad, and that other team could be bad, and it's just a quirk, you know, coaching systems, way they approach things. It is a bad matchup in an 82-game season. If the Nuggets were playing in a series um, with the Pelicans, the Nuggets would win that series. But when you pay, play a team occasionally, and it's spread out through the year, you don't necessarily go into a to a game and uh, fundamentally alter your system. You don't alter your systemic approach. Um, so that's where the Nuggets are at. It is a systemic issue that is easily exploited by the New Orleans Pelicans, and uh, the Nuggets have a chance to you know get back on track against Memphis and Sacramento on a back to back this weekend. Um, but it's going to be interesting to watch because I think other teams are finally understanding that the Nuggets give up a ton of corner threes, and you're going to see maybe some similarities to what to the Pelicans are due with a big wing. Now, some of it is obviously, and people are, I can hear people shouting into the uh, into their podcast listening device that Brandon Ingram is a tall guy. And he's tall wing, and he's able to exploit things. There are certain things that the Nuggets can do to mitigate that in the future. They can't do it right now. Um, a lot of that depends on the development of Michael Porter Jr. He is, who is a six foot ten wing, uh, who is not good at pretty much anything right now. Um, and that's just because, in his defense, he didn't play basketball for you know what two years. And I think he is just really catching up. I mean, he's a high schooler trying to learn the NBA game right now. And it's going to take some time. And 
that is where they can make up some size. But the Nuggets have no wing size, <laughs> zero wing size, and it's frustrating. It's frustrating. And uh, but most of the problem was a combination of Brandon Ingram and just the Nuggets. Just just they get they get finched. They get finched and bizdelicked sometimes, and that's that just happens. You wash your hands of it, you move on, because you know the Memphis Grizzlies are not going to play that way, and you know that the Sacramento Kings are not going to play that way. All right, well, thank you all for joining me on what I think will be the last Mortcast of the year. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening, and we will see you in 2020. Good night.